Chapter Twelve of Grandpa in Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve The Island of Isa Poso. While Tatters was still studying the sign and explaining a dragon to Ertha, the old soldier stepped over to another tree where an even larger sign was displayed. This is what it said. Reward, one half the kingdom and the hand of the princess Poso, to the slayer of the dragon Enorma, Chinchilly the Third, King of Isa Poso. Ha! cried Grandpa with a little skip. This is more like it. Like what? asked Tatters, blowing on his stiff fingers. Like olden times. In my youth, said Grandpa solemnly. Young lads served in the armies of strange kings, slew monsters, and were rewarded with half the kingdom and the princess's hand. Let us immediately slay this dragon, my boy, and win the reward. Then all that will be left for us to do will be to find your father's head. And I'll find the dragon, volunteered the weathercock, rising into the frosty air. What shall I do? asked Ertha, running up to the old soldier. "'Just be your lovely little self,' smiled Grandpa, "'and stay where we can see you. "'Why, just to look at you makes me feel like a conquering army with banners flying.' Ertha was so happy at Grandpa's neat little speech that she blew him a kiss and began dancing in circles over the shimmery snow. And wherever Ertha's foot rested, the snow melted and flowers sprang up, until there were circles of posies pricked out against the snow. Grandpa and Tatters were so interested that they almost forgot the icy wind that was blowing over this white frozen land. But soon the prince, who in spite of the skin of the threadbare was thinly clad, began to shiver and the old soldier to shake in good earnest. First he stood on one foot, then on the other, and longest on the other because that was his game leg and not subject to frostbites. A game leg's a mighty fortunate thing, wheezed Grandpa huskily. Uh, but I wish we were like Ertha. Then we wouldn't feel this pesky wind. Let's march on, for if we stay here we'll freeze stiff. Marching on an empty stomach through a strange freezing land was not the pleasantest thing in the world. But both Grandpa and Tatters stepped out bravely the young prince smiling over his shoulder every few minutes at the little flower-maiden. "'It's a lucky thing we're not being followed,' whispered Grandpa. And it certainly was, for after them, in a tell-tale row, pansies, tulips, daffodils, and forget-me-nots marked out the steps of the light-footed little flower-fairy. "'I hope we track down this dragon soon,' groaned Tatters, pausing to stamp his foot and rub the end of his nose. Icicles were forming on Grandpa's whiskers, and the sun, flashing on the snow, almost blinded the gallant old soldier. He was almost ready to quit. "'No wonder the king calls himself Chin Chilly,' chattered Grandpa dismally. "'My chin's chilly, too!' I'm chilly all over. Ertha, my dear, do you see anything that looks like a dragon? I see a bright light, called Ertha, who was dancing ahead of the shivering adventurers. I feel a warm wind, 
cried the Prince of Ragbad excitedly. The dragon, the dragon, screamed the weathercock, appearing suddenly over the top of a bleak icy hill. Before Bill's warning had died away, the dragon itself hove into view and, with a great roar, came tobogganing down upon the frightened little company like a scenic railway train. Bertha jumped behind Tatters. Tatters drew his umbrella and Grandpa looked down the sights of his gun into the flaming throat of Enorma herself. For a moment nothing happened, for the dragon, now that she was down the hill, seemed to wait for them to make the first move. "'Don't shoot!' begged the Prince of Ragbad imploringly. "'Don't shoot yet, Grandpa. It's the first time I've been warm today.' Grandpa's whiskers had already thawed out, and the heat from the fire-breathing monster was so comforting that they almost forgot their fear. The dragon, on her part, seemed more curious than angry. "'Well, I'll be snowballed,' she snorted, wagging her head from side to side. "'How did you get here?' "'It's a long, strange story,' sighed Grandpa, lowering his gun and holding his hands toward the waves of heat that blew from the dragon's nostrils. "'We fell, swam, sailed, and exploded,' crowed Bill, flapping his wings over the dragon's head. "'Well, before you melt, would you mind telling me why you came at all?' asked Enorma with a terrific yawn. "'Melt!' exclaimed Grandpa, his eyes snapping. "'Why, I'm just beginning to thaw out.' "'Well, you'll soon be entirely out of the way,' said the dragon comfortably. The folk hereabout melt at my mere approach. Enorma yawned again, and began to pant a little from her slide down the hill. Humph! grunted the old soldier. At the first yawn he had made a startling discovery. At the second he was sure he had made it. Taking out his snuff-box, the old soldier tiptoed close to the monster and flung the entire contents in her face. Then, "'Run for your lives!' shouted Grandpa, starting off at his best pace. And it was well that they quickly obeyed this command, for the sneezes of that dragon shook the entire island and sent the snow and blinding flurries all around them. "'What? Oh, what's happened?' asked the Prince of Ragbad, peering out wildly from behind an ice-cliff. "'Your fortune's made, that's all,' announced Grandpa proudly. "'More ways than one of winning a battle.' Stepping out and motioning for the others to follow, the old soldier approached the still quivering monster. Tears streamed from her eyes, and she was still sneezing broken-heartedly. <laughs> Enorma is as false as her teeth, puffed Grandpa, and with astonishment Tatters and Eartha saw that the dragon was perfectly toothless, having lost her one and only set at the first pinch of Grandpa's snuff. "'Well, you finish her off, or shall I?' asked the old soldier, rattling his sword in business-like fashion. Before Tatters could answer, 
Enorma gave a frightened moan and began scuttling across the snowfields like an express train bound for Atlantic City. "'Halt! Stop, or I'll fall on your head! Come back here at once and be slaughtered!' screamed Bill, flying after her while the others followed as fast as they could on foot. But in the end Enorma finished herself, for, turning to see how close Grandpa and Tatters were coming, she plunged headfirst into an icy stream and put herself out, completely and entirely out, for a dragon can no more stand a dash of water than a furnace or a witch. When Grandpa and Tatters reached the edge of the stream, Enorma was floating like a great green log on the surface, only a tiny puff of smoke to show that she had ever been a roaring, fire-eating, sure-enough monster. Gentle little Eartha wept a bit, but Tatters soon comforted her. Then he and the old soldier moored Enorma fast to a tree so that they would have proof of their valor when they met the king of the island. They were all warm from the encounter with the dragon, but it soon wore off, and it wasn't long before they began to shiver again. "'Wish we'd brought one of those house-plants along,' sighed Tatters. "'Wish I could get my teeth in one of Mrs. So-and-So's ragamuffins,' murmured Grandpa, trudging gloomily over the snow. "'Bill's found something,' called Eartha, who was dancing a few steps ahead. Just then down came the weathercock to announce that he had discovered the dragon's cave. It was tunneled out of a huge snowy hill, and at one end burned a roaring fire. Dragons, as you know, drink flame as other creatures drink water, and Enorma always kept a huge pile of trees burning in her cavern. "'Bill, you're a real explorer,' cried Grandpa, and taking off one of his medals, he hung it round the weathercock's neck. Stacked against the walls of the cave were great piles of frozen meat, for Enorma, in spite of her false teeth, had been a mighty huntress. In a trice Grandpa had a bear steak sputtering on the fire on pointed sticks, and nothing could have been cozier than their breakfast.' "'I told you our troubles were over,' beamed the old soldier, handing Tatters a portion of the stake on a tin army plate. "'All we have to do now is to claim the reward, find the king's head, and journey back to Ragbad.' Grandpa grinned with satisfaction. "'But how can we do that?' asked Tatters dubiously. "'There's the ocean and the sandy desert between.' "'Don't worry,' advised Grandpa, settling comfortably before the fire. "'This old chinchilly will be so delighted to have the dragon out of the way that he'll probably send us home in a golden ship with our pockets full of diamonds. How will you like that, loveliness?' Eartha was playing hide-and-seek with Bill, but at Grandpa's words she came over to the fire. "'I'll like it if Tatters does,' said the little flower fairy, smiling shyly at the Prince of Ragbad. "'Well, I'll like it,' admitted Tatters, especially with you along, for we can dance on the deck and play scrum. Why, I've never had time to teach you yet. Grandpa, won't you lend us your leg?' "'Now, now,' objected the old soldier. "'Duty before pleasure, my children.' Remember that we have not found this chinchilly, nor claimed the reward. 
As we're warmed up and fed, we'd better start hunting again. Here I go by the name of Bill, crowed the weathercock, flinging out of the cavern. Grandpa stowed some of the dried bear meat in his knapsack, and then, forming his little company in line, gave the order to march away. First we'll have another look at the dragon, said the old soldier, and then we'll try to find the palace of Isoposo. So down the snowy hill they marched and slid, and they had just come to the banks of the stream, when harsh voices from the other side of a clump of trees made them stop short. Flowers, screamed the first voice, pull them up, tread them down. Who dares to plant flowers on ice, suppose so? Footprints too, chilly dear, grunted a deeper voice. Here is an animal with unmatched feet. Dropping on his knees, the old soldier peered around the frozen tree trunk and saw two of the islanders bending over the tracks they had made when they chased Enorma. They were towering men of snow, with faces of roughly cut ice, and so cruel and forbidding an appearance that just to think of them made me shudder. Fortunately, Grandpa was not so easily frightened as I am. "'Animals, indeed!' spluttered the old soldier. "'Company, forward, march!' And Grandpa rushed through the trees so fast that Tatters and Eartha had to run to keep up. So suddenly did they burst out upon the little group of islanders that several of the snowmen fell over backwards. "'Where is the king?' shouted Grandpa, giving his drum such a whack that three more of the company collapsed. But they quickly recovered themselves, and instead of answering, the tallest snowman flung out his arms toward Eartha. "'Stand still!' he commanded angrily. "'You're ruining my island. Look at the foolish creature cluttering up the place with flowers.' Bertha shrank back toward Tatters, and the young prince, speechless with indignation, grasped his umbrella and prepared to attack. But Grandpa restrained him, and with another resounding whack of his drum, strode up to the speaker. "'Is this your island?' asked the old soldier, stamping his game foot. "'Yes, and what are you doing on it?' demanded Chinchilly, stamping his snowfoot. Just to look at you makes me want to melt. Go ahead and melt, advised Grandpa coldly. By this time he was very cold. But before you do, and before you give us any more of your chin music, hand over the reward. I lay claim to half the kingdom and the princess in the name of Prince Tatters of Ragbad. Has he slain the dragon? asked the king with a gasp of surprise. His manner changed at once, and, looking as pleasant as a fellow with icicle whiskers well can, he turned to Tatters. The prince of Ragbad nodded shortly, for he had not forgotten the king's rudeness to Eartha, and Grandpa waved his sword toward the body of Enorma, still floating half in and half out of the water. Running down to the edge of the stream, the snowmen began to hug one another and dance up and down with excitement. "'This way, this way,' chuckled Chinchilly, rubbing his hands together gleefully. 
Grandpa, his head held high and his chest thrust out proudly, followed, for Grandpa felt that this was a great day in the history of Ragbad, but Tatters was beginning to have misgivings about the Princess of Isoposo. End of Chapter 12